All right, Nick, we, uh, we spoke last to actually cover the beginning part of your Gainsight yes. story back in 2013. I was end of 2013. So, so much has happened since then in your life. Let's uh, catch up and catch our audience up. Um, could you go back? Do you remember what was happening? Uh, what were the new things that were happening uh, after 2013 that you can quickly highlight through and, and help us uh, continue the conversation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't even know where to start, <laughs> but it's great, great, great to connect with you again. We, we, uh, you know, 2013 is when we launched Gainsight. So that's, uh, you know, literally nine, you know, eight, eight, almost nine years ago. And, you know, we were, um, you know, we had this vision that as companies moved to kind of cloud and SaaS business models, they had to focus more on their existing customers and focus more on retaining those customers, expanding them and focus on kind of the customer lifetime value. Um, and we thought over time that would lead to companies really saying, I want to really uh, figure out how I can, you know, understand customer adoption, customer retention, customer onboarding, not just kind of selling and marketing to the customer, but everything after the sale. And when right. we launched the company, you know, we honestly, this was kind of a new concept. I mean, the concept of taking care of your customers wasn't new, but the concept of having to do it in this sort of new business model and with digital technology, and that was a brand new thing. And then the con customer success, which back then, was a um, new concept. People mostly didn't know what it was. And now you fast forward, you know, years later and, you know, there's 150,000 plus customer success managers in the world. You know, according to LinkedIn last year, it's the sixth fastest growing job in the world. You know, every tech company has a customer success initiative. You know, we run the world's largest conference on customer success and 20,000 people attending just a few weeks ago. We've you know, we wrote three books on customer success that have sold 100,000 plus copies. You know, our business is now 800 people, more than 100 million of ARR. So it's been, I mean, it really is amazing to talk to you because you kind of you saw the beginning and, and now the, I still think we're at the beginning because I think there's a lot more to go. But um, you've seen a, a big chunk of our story to date. So, mm -hmm. so um, let's, since we are still kind of focused on doing entrepreneur journeys, can you... Yeah. Um, can you talk about some of the highlights of the, you know, let's say the period mid-2015, I mean, uh, the middle of the decade, 2014, 15, 16 timeframe, what was happening to the business? Yeah, As you started yeah, so, finding product market fits and people were starting to wake up to the promise of, you know, customer management, customer success management, what, uh, what was that doing to your business? Yeah. So, you know, we, early on, we had to really focus on the creating a category, you know, because people didn't know that they needed this. I think there's some businesses you create a new technology for an existing need, and that's very different, right? You're not trying to convince people that they need something. You're trying to convince people that they need your thing, right? That's very different. So most technologies, like, for example, Zoom is a good, probably one of the best examples ever where it wasn't a new concept. Um, obviously, all of us had used video conferencing before, but most of us had liked it, right? And, and, and then Zoom came out and said, hey, video conferencing, that actually works, and it's amazing, and we love it. And so that's different, right? You don't have to convince people of the need. You have to convince people why you're technology. And what's changed it, it, with Gainsight was we had to convince people of the need for customer success, not just for a technology, for the whole concept. And so mm -hmm. early on, we spent a lot of time on convincing people about that through, you know, 
creating an event and writing books and blog posts and basically evangelizing. And so it's, it's a very different story from a lot of startups because we had to do a lot of that category evangelism early on. And that meant that um, it was hard, you know, um, it was hard to convince people who didn't believe. And some of them said that never, they'd never, you know, do this. And they, you know, that that was a waste of time and convincing investors and convincing employees and, you know, there's a lot of evangelism uh, from those early days, which I'm happy to go into more detail on. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the advantage of starting a category and, and establishing value is you also get to own the category in the beginning. So that's, that's exactly, yeah, very exactly helpful. right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, okay. So um, in terms of um, the p- strategic elements, what were some of the things that you did um, as you were growing, that really infused momentum into your journey? Um, what, uh, so one thing that, like, one thing that, it's a good question, momentum is a really important point. One thing we did was this conference we do every year. And I think it became something that, like, you know, you, you, it's, it's the conference about customer success, and we'd invite people in the customer success field as well as, like, CEOs, and so on. And I think one thing that happens with in-person events is you go to an event um, and you look around and you see all these other people doing this thing too. And it makes you more confident that you should do it, right? It's just natural human like behavior, right? You go, you, if you see other people doing something, you're, you're a little more confident that you should do it too. If, you, if you're the only one, you, you wonder, am I, am I, is this the right thing? Should I really do it? And so creating an event and then doing it every year and making the event not about gain site. The event is about customer success to this day. And, um, and, and that's been, that's had a huge um, impact on our momentum. And we would even go and like, we did a lot of things at the event to sort of build on that. So for example, every year there's a chart of, you know, how many people are at the event, you know, year by year, right? How much it's grown. Um, we, we would do this thing when we were in person, you know, pre COVID where, you know, We'd say, stand up if you were at the first pulse in 2013, and stand up if you were at the second one, and eventually, you know, whatever the, all the way to the present day. And so it kind of got the audience just feeling, wow, I'm part of a movement. People use this term movement all the time. Gainside is not building a company, we're building a movement. And so when you say mm-hmm. the word momentum, the first thing that comes to mind is kind of building that movement. Mm-hmm. And... Um- what were the first signs that your movement was actually finding some traction? Great question. So I think this, like, there's a lot of signs over the years. Obviously, like the first conference we did, you know, we didn't know if anyone would show up. And actually, we expected 50 people and 300 showed up. So that's an example, right? Um, our book taking off, like really taking off, and for a business book becoming a, a bestseller, um, are, but like very specifically, you know, the, um, the first time we got a big, you know, customer, our first big customer was Box, you know, the, the SaaS company, right? And um, I remember, you know, we worked for a year on that sale, maybe more, and, um, you know, went to their office, you know, 50 or 100 times. And, and I remember when we got the deal going to, like, the, we were in Mountain View on Castro Street, and we went to, like, the local, you know, alcohol store and, you know, bought, like, cheap champagne, um, but it was, so anyways, it was, uh, I, those are some momentum stories later on. You know, I remember a couple of years later, the first time we got a big six figure deal without me being involved at all, you know, so as an entrepreneur, that's another like kind of stage, you know, somebody, you close the deal without you at, at all involved. I mean, that's pretty cool. Right. Cause it means your company's kind of growing up. So yep. but there's sort of different, different milestones, different phases. Mm-hmm. 
Um, on the go-to-market strategy, besides this conference, is there anything else that was, I mean, of course, you're doing enterprise deals, so you have the regular enterprise, repeatable sales force and inside sales, outside uh, sales, direct sales, inbound marketing. All of those are fairly standard at this point, you know, given where we are in the journey of the SaaS industry. We know how to do those things. But is there anything else that stands out that you did that was particular and different that is worth discussing? Yeah, so the biggest things have been around this category creation. Like if you just said, what's, what's different about Gainsight? Because I, I think most of the things we do are, are very much the same as everyone else. The, the things that are different are really in two, two buckets, um, two special areas. One is around kind of category and community, like creating a community of people that believe in something new and creating a new category. And in that area, we did so many creative things from like, you know, creating a job board for customer success people, uh, creating an internship program for customer success managers, creating an official training program for CSMs to get into the job, creating um, ways for, um, you know, um, people to be matched to jobs, helping thousands of executives find jobs, like literally just almost being like an internal search firm, helping people get connected to jobs without getting paid for it. Um, Very you know, interesting. Uh, so you, you essentially created a professional category yeah. of of executives, middle managers, and, and practitioners, individual, individual right. contributors. Very interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, so, so, so was, this like a, was this really like a job board or was uh, We did all of it. We did a that? job board. We still have a job board. We do that. That's probably a smaller part of it. One of the biggest mm -hmm. things we've done, you know, in, you know, you build, you build a kind of, you're building brick by brick, right? So I personally have done, uh, let's say, at least a thousand calls with customer success uh, managers, executives who are trying to figure out their next role or CEOs who are trying to hire their next customer success executive. So I've sort of been on the, think of like what a recruiter does, right? And I've done over the years, I, every week I do, you know, five of those. I mean, to this day. And um, yeah, you know, you're looking for a CS executive. Let me, and I have a Google sheet of like, here's the people that are looking. Here's the companies that are looking. I, I can tell you right now, there's about 35 that's open awesome. roles. That's awesome. That is really yeah. cool. Nick, that and is so really that's sort cool. Of, yeah. It's very, that's, you know, it's different. And it kind of created this like, Basically, we're investing in the profession. You know, I had a, this, yes. this this dinner for a customer. I do. I've done, by the way, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dinners and stuff like that of customer success people. And I did one just last week, or actually on Monday, so just this week. And um, and and you know, everyone, I mean, unprompted, everyone around the table at the end and said, "Hey, just want to thank Gainsight because my career wouldn't be here without you." Like literally, people really attribute the career of customer success, some chunk of it, to Gainsight. Very, very cool. That's really interesting. Okay, what else? Anything else that you want to yeah. discuss? Okay, so that's, that's novel. The, the, um, a second thing that I think has been novel is kind of bringing our – we have a very, very passionate about our culture and values. Um, a lot of companies are. We've mm -hmm. brought that to our community. So I think our community feels like, meaning these customer success people, they feel like they're part of Gainsight. So it's not like it's like one gain side and then the your community. I mean, literally, I was talking to somebody today, one of our customers, and she's like, I basically feel like I'm an extended part of gain side. You know, it's not like, not like separate, you know. And um, one of the ways we did that is really bring your culture to our customers, you know, our, our values, our every, the way we operate, 
And so our customers, like, I mean, literally in our whole community know the Gainsight values. We have five values in our company. They know them. And one example of one value of our, uh, in our company is called childlike joy, which means bring the kid in you to work every day. Um, you mm-hmm. really bring, bring that like enthusiasm. And so as an example of that value, we've made uh, at Gainsight, we enjoy like silly videos and stuff. So we've made dozens and dozens and dozens of like parody music videos, like Taylor Swift, rap music, country music, Backstreet Boys. About about SaaS and about customer success. So I, I actually personally I, re, I do the writing, so I rewrite them, and and the, so that's fun. But the thing that's really amazing is the customers are so into this whole thing. Like they've actually made their own videos based on our videos, made their own songs based on our songs, made collaboration songs. Like we have one of our customers now where we're doing a rap together, you know. And I, it's mm-hmm. not just about the rap or the silly videos. It's that you're like you're you're creating this shared set of values and culture with your customers and your community. And that's something I think some people do, but not enough. I think that's a missed opportunity. And then the third one, which kind of ties us all together is we, um, when we think of like the purpose of our business, it's, you know, we had to sort of, we, a few years ago, we, we basically went through an exercise of what's the purpose of our business. And we said, it's not about making money or, or, you know, you know, going public. Although we hope to do all those things. They're, they're great. They're just not like the end all be all for us. And um, it's not even about just customer success. You know, we think that there, like our belief is that there's a lot of people who think the way to win in business is to be just very austere and businesslike and serious. And, and, and we think there's a way to win in business where you are like your true human self and you treat everyone around you just as human beings, not as customers, not as partners, not investors, they're just human beings. And so we call we say our purpose of our company is be living proof you can win in business while being human, human first, human dash first. And so that mm-hmm. idea of human first business has really taken off in our client base. Like they love that because it is very tied to customer success, which is all about treating your customers as human beings. But also I think it captures the spirit of a lot of people that are in the profession. And so the, all this stuff is all tied together, the community, the category creation, the culture and the customer success. Like all of it is sort of like this one big thing which is just breaking the walls between the company, the customers, the community, like, you know, everyone. It's just all in one kind of big, big collective. So um, that's, that's how we think about it. Okay. Um, talk to me about competition. When you create a new yeah. category, there is always, you know, in the beginning you're on your own, but then competition is a healthy thing to establish a category. So talk to me a bit about how that phenomenon has evolved as you build the category. Yeah. Um, so we had competition the whole time. And actually, one of our, when we talk about human first, one of the things we talk about is we want to be human first to competitors too, because they're just human beings too. There's, no, there's nothing better about us than them. You know, we just, you know, maybe, maybe a lucky that if we have market share advantage, but, you know, they're good too. Um, but what's happened is, you know, in the early days, you know, we had, we were venture backed and they were, um, three other venture back companies at the same kind of like era as us. And, um, and then over the next eight, nine years, there have been maybe 15 or 20 venture back companies in the customer success software space. Um, mm-hmm. For whatever reason, you know, and I, I can explain my hypothesis and why, we've been able to be the sort of far and away leader. So, you know, we're 110 million of AR, something like that. And the number two player in, in the space is 16 million of AR. And the number three is about 10 or 12. And the number four is, you know, five or six. The number five is like two, right? So you add it all up and Gainsight's probably about 80% of the market. 
uh, in terms of revenue. And, um, and, and so we have been able to be the whole way kind of end to end, you know, far and away the leader and it kind of the gap is sort of widening. Um, now, a couple thoughts on that. Like one is, so why did we, how did that happen? I think a big part of it is because we focused on the category and the community and the jobs and stuff, and not just like marketing gain site, I think that just built a connection with the community and the customers and all that. Um, and allowed us to sort of define the category. Like we wrote the book on customer success, literally, right? And so, you know, 100,000 CSMs, when they learned customer success, they learned it based on our book. Um, and so I, that whole kind of concept is like, like a, sort of allowed us to shape the category and define what it is. And so that's one reason I think we've been able to be the leader. The second one is um, early on we focused on the kind of bigger, bigger companies that we thought would be the brand names everyone would want to work with, you know, the boxes, the work days, the DocuSigns, and so on. And I think that allowed us to, to have not only the right logos, but also the right product direction that would allow us to be the innovator. And then the third thing we did was we um, really invested in R&D. So despite the fact that we had such a big brand and category creation, the entire time of Gainsight, we've had more than half the employees in R&D. And so we really invested in the product and building a significant differentiated product. And Gainsight, functionality-wise, definitely, is, you know, there's a huge gap between anyone else and us. And so those three things together of sort of like the category creation and the community and then, you know, we're focusing on bigger customers and then, you know, basically investing in R&D. I think that allowed us to have pretty big differentiation versus anyone else. Now, the reality is if you, that's all that's just part of the answer because the real competition for Gainsight is just like, you know, people not doing customer success or people doing it without technology, right? So mm-hmm. being the leader, our, we don't focus – we respect our competitors a lot. We don't focus on them at all. Um, we focus on our customers, and we focus on helping the customers evolve to this new model. And so our, our, the way we go from $100 million to a billion of revenue is, is 100% about convincing the broader world that customer success matters and you need technology. We, could, we couldn't get there off the competitors because the, 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 the amount of spending is too little, right? So, so um, if I'm hearing you right, it's a new category, so all the spending and the budget is new. So you are – basically winning new deals all the time. It's not like you're taking business away from competitors. It, it, the market is large. Everybody is finding new customers and, and basically increasing the TAM as all of you are going along at the moment. That's right. So. Exactly. Yeah. The mar- it's, a, it's really been more of a market growth game versus like a market share game. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Let's switch topics and talk a bit about financing strategy. Um, and I yeah. know you did something uh, recently. Um, right. So, so talk through the talk me through the full financial strategy, financing strategy. Yeah, absolutely. And that that was a big part of it too, because you know early on, you know this is exp- it's expensive to create a category. Um, you know you have to do these events, you have to hire people, and honestly the sales don't come right away. And so it right. it, 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 it we, we it wasn't um, you know overall we raised 150 million, so it wasn't like in, in modern days that's not a lot of money anymore, although. Obviously, uh, in er- earlier days, that was a lot of money. Um, we raised our first round, $6 million Series A from Batter- Bat- Battery Ventures you know, they, in, in t- February 2013. Um, and you know, they really believed because they, they had a lot of SaaS, early SaaS companies as portfolio companies, like, for example, Marketo. They were an investor in Marketo. And that yeah. allowed them to see the need for customer success like firsthand. And so they were the first round. And then the second round was Bain Capital Ventures, 
and the third round was Bessemer Venture Partners, and the fourth round was Insight Venture Partners, and the fifth round was Lightspeed. So those are our five, first five. I'll talk about Vista in a sec. And so mm-hmm. in those rounds, you know, largely they were, they were investors who had seen the need in their portfolio and kind of believed ahead of our actual numbers. Um, now, our valuation in hindsight of modern world would be, would be modest, but at the time we're pretty, pretty high. Um, and it was always because investors sort of believed in, in the potential. Um, and also, you know, I think they saw that, that we had the right team to execute and that we were the, the leaders in the space and so on. And so the first, you know, five rounds weren't hard, um, as I mentioned. Um, we did go through, I've written about this, a challenging period after those first five rounds where, you know, we were no longer just a startup and the category was still not mature enough and our growth had slowed down a little bit and we were still burning a lot of money. And so whereas actually we tried to raise money and we, we couldn't, we like, we couldn't raise venture capital money. We raised debt um, and that actually ended up working great because we didn't get diluted. Um, but um, at the time it was very demoralizing. And what year are we talking when, when you were facing this plateauing? What year are we talking? 2017 and 2018. 2017, 2018. After five rounds, you were seeing slowing growth in 2017. Slowing growth. That we, were still, we were still growing, but like right. the growth rate had slowed. Um, yeah. And, we and we were burning too much money. So we had this sort of combination of like burning a lot. And so I think we were honestly an unattractive investment at that point, right? And what, the reason growth had slowed wasn't like a competitive issue is that we were just ahead of the market. The market hadn't matured fast enough relative to our ambitions. Yeah. And so um, what we did was we basically said, okay, well, we're going to raise this debt and we're going to not, we didn't have to cut any expenses, but we just basically slowed down in hiring. We didn't hire hardly any people and net, net any people in 2017, 2018, um, mm-hmm. even, even, mo- even most of 2019. And so, um, what happened then was um, two things happened. One was the market started maturing. So 2019, we had a big uptick, and 2020 was you know, phenomenal, and, and this year is, like, incredible. Um, and so and the market matured basically for, for kind of obvious reasons in hindsight, which is there's just a lot of SaaS and cloud companies now. All of them have customer success teams. They all know they gain sites to the main player. And so it's kind of, like, coming to us now a little bit, although we have to keep working hard to make sure that happens. Um, yep. And then in parallel, because we had slowed down on hiring and spending, got much more you know, diligent, um, our, comp- our comp- business like, uh, financially became great. Like, I mean, you know, Q1 of this year, we generated a ton of cash. Now, we're, we're reinvesting money again, but we went from burning a lot of money to literally generating money. Um, and again, it's gonna, we're going to go back to investing, but not, never at that same level of burn that we had. And so the business went from like, you know, honestly unattractive unless, you know, attractive to me, but to a financial investor, unattractive to like super attractive. Um, and we're like a long-term, one of those companies who, you know, long-term has a lot of potential because we really are the main player in the space. And you know, sort of, I, don't, I never like to say we own the category because you don't own it, but like so far we've been the leader and, you know, that's a good, good sign. And so Vista came to us, who's a, you know, traditionally this is a private equity firm, but they've become more yeah. of a growth equity firm. And so yeah. they went from kind of investing in the businesses where it's about cost and EBITDA. And now really the last you know, few years have been about just investing in high growth businesses and helping to, to grow them even faster. And so they actually approached us many, many times over, year, over the years, many, many times. And, um, and actually a lot of their portfolio companies use Gainsight. So they have this mm-hmm. sort of like firsthand knowledge of Gainsight. 
Um, and they approached us and said, hey, um, you know, we'd love to work with you. And we were like, no, we're too small. We're not ready. And then in 2020, early 2020, we said, okay, well, maybe we'll entertain a conversation. Now, that was in March, early March 2020. And then obviously, you know, the world went on hold for a little bit. And so we put our discussions on hold. But then in, they reconnected with us in October 2020. And, you know, they asked us how our business did. And I said, oh, we did great this year. Like, the, you know, although we feel for, feel for everyone affected, business-wise, you know, pandemic hasn't affected us. Um, and so because of that, I think that kind of is a little bit of a litmus test of a company, you know, the, how, how you did in 2020. And so uh, because of that, they made an unsolicited offer to basically become the majority shareholder in Gainsight. So we still have a lot of our early shareholders and our employees mm-hmm. and myself, um, but um, they basically go in and, you know, buy the majority of the company. And that a couple things happen. Number one is you get uh, to give liquidity to your employees. Our employees worked so hard over eight years. So that was really wonderful as, as a CEO to do that. Um, and they pay, you know, they valued the company at 1.1 billion. So it was a great, you know, first outcome for people. And then on mm-hmm. top of that, um, you know, really help us invest for the future. So we actually went back to investing more and increasing our burn a little bit and um, hiring a ton of people this year. So we went from like not hiring people for several years to now, you know, this year we're going to grow from 700 at the beginning of the year to about 1,050 in employees. And, um, and so, you know, they really want to invest. They give us some secondary and then the third thing is, you know, we think there's an opportunity to build a platform around Gainsight. We've already done one acquisition of a company that helps businesses uh, drive product adoption with technology that runs inside your application. And, mm-hmm. um, and we think we can do a lot more, both organically, meaning building our own products, but also M&A. And so Vista is very good at, you know, doing M&A. And so that's the, the third reason. So we basically worked with them to give our employees secondary to, to double down on investment in the company and to, um, you know, do some M&A. And some of the earlier investors have cashed out, or are they all still in? Um, early investors, the earliest, earliest investors uh, cashed out because they made so much money. The, the like, middle and later investors, uh, roll, they call it rolling, meaning, like, they kept their investment in for the future. They kept them. Okay, great. Yeah. Very good. Nick, that's a very, very helpful overview of what uh, you've been up to. Is there anything else that you want to include in this uh, conversation? Um, no, I, I think this is great, and um, you know, I, I love love what you do. Honestly, it's great you profile people. So, um, but but if I close out, I just say like, our story isn't about Gainsight. It's about this incredible customer success community and the career and just how it's thriving. And frankly, that's what gives us energy is just like to be able to be part of a career and people's jobs is like a great honor. So that's what we really love. Very good, very good. I enjoyed very much listening to you, and uh, we look forward to doing the story. Awesome. Hey, good luck, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. Yeah, bye. Take care.